Hello everyone and welcome back to the Three Guys Talk Football podcast, the podcast where three guys talk football, where three sad guys talk football. <laughs> uh, I am George White and I'm joined by Chris King. How are you doing, Chris? Hello. I mean, as the aforementioned sad in terms of football, but other than that, I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah. Um, who cares about football anyway? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's not the whole reason we're here or anything. Uh, Nathan, how are you? Nathan Warby, that is. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I can't believe that every match got called off this weekend. That was crazy. Yeah, how sad are you that the uh, Glazer protesting erupted into outright bedlam so that the game was called off? Yeah, devastated. Like, it, I think they should just restart the season. All right, let's. You've you've kind of led into this. We're we're basically going to use this as therapy this week, um, and go through each of our clubs and the state that they were in, and the game that they just had, and why the Premier League season should just come to a close in game week three. Uh, and yeah, we're going to start with Liverpool because that weirdly, even though Chelsea were torn apart by a team that nearly got relegated. Uh, Aston Villa once again losing. It felt like the Liverpool one was the biggest shock to a lot of people. Um, I, well, I will say I gave United more of a chance than a lot of people, um, mainly considering you know Liverpool haven't even won a game this season. Um, how would you assess the game itself, Nathan? And more widely, how would you assess Liverpool at this moment in time? If the season were to restart, would it be any better? In three weeks' time, uh, with the state that Liverpool are in, go on, just let it all out. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, the game itself was, yeah, like a shambles. Uh, I don't know what, like, I was a bit like you, like, I was expecting United to put in a better performance than they did against Brentford. Um, I wasn't expecting it to just be, like, I wasn't expecting it to blow them away, like, I think a lot of people were. Um, but it, it seemed like we were surprised that they came out fighting. It's like it's you know like they they haven't won a game yet this season. It's Old Trafford. Like the atmosphere is going to be intense. Um, it, we just same as uh, when we played Fulham. Like we just seemed shocked that they were that they were up for it. Um, but yeah, so th- there wasn't really any sort of positives to take. Maybe, like maybe Harvey Elliott was probably the only the only player that I looked at that I'd say probably had a, a decent game. Um, and there's at least at least five or six players that I was really really disappointed with. Sort of Trent Van Dyke, Gomez. Um, I didn't I didn't think Diaz did too bad. I thought Milner was horrendous. Um, I, I don't the decision to start Milner over Fabinho is still baffling me. Um, so yeah, not great, not great. I like, would just sent just. Defensively, we're all over the place. I don't know if when Van Dyke doesn't have Matip next to him, he looks like a different player. And like, uh, I think it was Jamie Carragher that said like uh, he he lacks sort of intensity, which I agree with. Um, he's you know he's very good at sort of you know, like everything with him seems very one paced at the minute. Like he doesn't seem to have the desire to to close a man down or like put in a last ditch tackle. It's very just like he's he's trying to make it look easy, but. Obviously, when it's not easy, you need someone that's with a bit more fight. Um, not to knock what he's done like Dumfries in the past, but uh, yeah, I was I was very frustrated with him, definitely. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about this seventh seventh season syndrome, which is you know an improvement on Mourinho's third season syndrome. 
uh, for Jurgen Klopp. Uh, do you think there's anything to that? Do you think the players look tired, not just physically, but in terms of ideas? Uh, do you think you may be lacking something behind the scenes that can, um, you know, bring something fresh to the equation? Or what do you think is going on that's led to this kind of lethargic start? Uh, I don't know behind the scenes. Like, I don't, I don't question, like, I don't question the attitude of Klopp and the people behind the scenes. I think it's just. Um, like I put it more on the players. I think obviously we had a, we had a good season last, a good year last year. Uh, didn't sort of come out as many trophies as we would have hoped. Um, so I think it was always going to be hard for us to sort of reach the same level again. Um, and then plus losing Mane, I think we're just struggling to struggling to adapt. Um, I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, a midfielder as if that would solve all of our problems, but like I, I don't, I don't see that myself. I think it's more. It's more the like the attitude and the performances of the players that we've got because I I, I don't believe that you know, players like Van Dijk, Salah, even Henderson, who's been good for his last few years, have just suddenly turned into bad players. And that you know throwing another hundred million pound midfield player, like throwing Jude Bellingham into that midfield, doesn't solve our problems. Like it doesn't solve the fact that we don't look intense enough at the back and we look sort of flat going forward. Um, so yeah, I. But I, I don't think it's early enough to talk about like, like a crisis or anything like that. Like we have got a lot of injuries, which I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting. Um, obviously Nunes being banned as well. I, I think if Nunes plays uh, in that United game, I think it's a different game because um, Firmino did what Firmino always does, where he, you know, he, he's dropping deep, trying to uh, do the link up play sort of thing. But I think he got to the point then where we didn't have anything to aim at in the box. There was no one in there to cause a problem, and I think. I think if you'd put Nunes on that Martinez, I think, uh, yeah, I think we'd have had a lot more joy going forward. I'm not saying we, like we necessarily would have won, but I think we'd have looked a lot more at scoring than we did. Let's get a uh, neutrals observation in there. Let's bring in Chris King. Um, Liverpool sceptic? No, nah, I'm just making stuff up. But, uh, <laughs> just trying to create a bit of drama. But no, what, what are your kind of thoughts on Liverpool so far? And where can they improve from your point of view? I think I think a lot of it is like what Nathan said about intensity. Do you think as well there's there's an element of you know you came so close in the Champions League, so close in the Premier League again to get bodied by City again? Is it that element of kind of like what more do we need to do? Because like there's any I mean we if you think about it think about it kind of like from the human point of view, the human elements of it. Klopp's stuff is so intense, so demanding. If you've done it for like, you know, five, six, seven years. I mean, we'll look at that team that started against United and it's far two players, the same team that played four years ago that that game week. Like, there's not been a huge amount of change. There's obviously there's been quite a lot of change, there's not been like a huge amount. And that element of kind of like always kind of obviously you you have won things. I'm not not trying to say you haven't won anything, but like that element of kind of you know, always the bridesmaid, not the bride, I suppose. Is that, do you reckon that might be put into something? Because I, I, I think there's some legs in that, to be honest. I think there is some legs in, in that idea. Because it's got, it's got to be mentally draining to just come up against a juggernaut like City every year, where, like, already you've only drawn two games and lost one. But already people are like, well, Liverpool aren't going to win the league. And it's a 38-game season. Uh, don't worry, I, I don't think we'll win the league. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll win the league. I think... 
I think I think if we lose another game in the next four couple of weeks, I genuinely think we might already be out of it. That is, but it's just City just, are that good, aren't they? That like yeah, yeah, like it, it, it is it is frustrating because um, I've said this loads of times, but like in any other point in sort of English football history, Liverpool would have won the league every year bar one for the last five years yeah. or four years potentially. Um, bar that one year that we just dropped off massively and scraped into top four on the last day. But um, yeah, you, you might be right, and like you know, coming close so many times is probably quite uh, mentally tough. I think that's why I think the problem we've had this season is that a lot of the players we've kind of brought in to refresh that haven't been here so far because, mm. like, Jot, obviously, Jot is still relatively fresh, um, you know, and uh, obviously, Nunes sort of came up, got the bench in one, started another, and then got sent off again. Like, I think. I think if you know, I think Nunes would have brought more energy to the performance overall. Mm. Plus uh, Thiago, who he's probably because of how um, unlucky he's been with his injuries. I think he's one of our. If there's one player that's got something to prove and he's probably got still got the hunger, it's definitely him. Mm. And obviously he wasn't there either. Um, so yeah, the, the lineup the Wings will put it out. I think potentially, yeah, it it might be tough to get back to those those levels but at the same time you know like they are still quality players so mm. it's um yeah it's a, it's a hard one or you know, i mean plus I, th- I think another thing that people kind of glossed over a little bit is that we we did lose our arguably our second best player like in Marnay, and that was always gonna well yeah take, that's it, it, like, that was... even, with, even, even with the new nest signing like it like it was always gonna take some time to mm. sort of cope with that again which I, yeah that 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 might I think that might explain some of the problems going forward. The d- defensively, I've got no idea. It's just that Trent's just decided to not bother. But well, it's the fact that it's still Trent, Robertson, and Van Dijk. That that's that's for me what the issue is. Like Trent and Trent and Robertson don't have any competition really. I know Simicast has come in and pushed Robertson last season, but like no one's pushing Trent. Like I. I Personally, like it, it sounds harsh to single out one player, but I think the problem against Man United was Gomez. Like I mm. think he was like I don't think Van Dijk's got the confidence with Gomez next to him that he has with Matip or Canate. And yeah. and it and it also it gives Trent a lot less protection. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean, Gomez Gomez out of your like four centre backs is the worst one. Like without a shadow of a doubt. I, I, don't, I don't know like Klopp keep, Klopp's handing him like another long-term contract and I just I don't see it I just don't see like I, I just don't see what he's using him like I think he's a better right back than he's a centre back maybe that's what it is maybe keeping around to, for competition for Trent when Canate and Matip are kind of more, maybe. more about but, but, but if like if that's the case then we're still a centre back short but obviously Klopp Klopp clearly backs Gomez to, like enough to play him um Playing against Man United because obviously there's like I'd rather play Nat Phillips like 100 mm. because it because even though he hasn't got the the pace that Gomez has got like he's got the like the awareness and the fight whereas I think Gomez if Gomez wasn't quick I think he'd be exposed for how shocking a center off he actually is. Oh, don't worry, I'm about to have the same argument for Villa, so I understand how you feel. Um, but yeah, no, I I think but in terms of Liverpool, I think it's sad that like we've got to a point where City is such a behemoth that you can have like, not even an atrocious start. It's not like you've not picked up any points, not like Arsenal last year. And it's like, okay, that's the title done. It's like, that's, that's just bonkers. 
Well, City did drop points. I know Newcastle are. Uh, City did drop points. A very good team, and they're about to get even better potentially with a new signing uh, of Isaac, which is quite scary. But you never know. I, th- I think this is going to be quite an interesting title race because of Spurs and Arsenal, like you say. Um, before we move on from Liverpool, we just you know saw the Champions League draw. Uh, um, usually, the Champions League is quite a good way of Liverpool getting some momentum. Um, they always you, you seem to do well in the Champions League pretty consistently. But this is a tough group for you. I mean, you've got Napoli again, which always seems to happen these days for some reason. Ajax are in there. Okay, then maybe not the same team as they were a few years ago, but they're still a pretty scary attacking outlet. And Rangers as well, which is going to be uh, interesting, obviously, because of the legacy that Gerard uh, put in there, um, which we'll talk about Gerard soon. But that seems like quite a, a difficult group to get out of in that I don't think any of those games are going to be rest games um, which you usually expect for a, a club the size of Liverpool uh, how do you feel about that draw Nathan? Yeah it, it's tough definitely I think um, like in any other year you look at every single team in that group and say like oh that they're the banana skin for that group like they're the uh, the sort of dark horse that might be able to like they're probably not going to win the group but like you'd expect them to come second Um I think it's gonna be. I think it's like three, what six? They're like good matches. Like I think it could be a lot of like good football played in those in those games. But um, yeah, it's um, it's not the most reassuring group. Definitely, like a lot of the teams I would have liked to have had in there. Like I I, I would have rather have swapped all three of those out, put in like a Bayern Munich, and then had a couple of sort of you know like maybe I don't know like a Shakhtar or someone like that. But uh, it's yeah, it's not happened. But um, but, but like I say, um, Liverpool and Champions League seems to be a different animal. I think Anfield gives them a little bit of extra legs. So I think I think I think that atmosphere will carry. I think it'll carry us through. But I don't think we'll I don't think we'll walk it. I think we'll. Um, I, I could I could see us definitely dropping a few points in that group. One hundred percent. Right. So from Liverpool's old team to Liverpool's current team. At time of recording, anyway, um, it feels like each passing second, never mind game week or or day, um, pushes Chris closer to the edge of getting out the Gerald out banners and heading down to <laughs> to Villa Park. Um, what's going on, Chris? Why why have you lost such oh, faith so quickly, uh, yeah. especially after such a incredibly easy win against Bolton it was 4-1 you look you know you can't argue that that wasn't a walk in the park so you know what what's what's there to be said about really um well the bolt the so to to go to the Bolton game in particular um I think what was kind of slightly embarrassing was the fact that in the first half we had an xg of 0.17 against a league one side that had massively rotated and we'd stuck out our best side I think Gerard Gerard set himself up to fail with that match regardless right because like didn't feel field any of the kids. It was all either it was basically the same eleven that started um literally three or four days previously, minus Matty Cash. So like already you're kind of setting yourself up for the right you've gotta win this. And if if you don't win it, then it's just everyone's gonna be screaming. If you do win it, well you should be winning it because it's Bolton and you're fielding your best squad. So like he made a run for his own back anyway. Um I don't know, it's just I think I mean, me and you have been talking about this quite a lot. I think there's 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 a couple of things that are like 
So obviously it's the, the three wins in 14 that everybody in the Villa sphere keeps keeps spouting. Um, this was a, this was the same tactic that got Dean Smith the sack as well. Um, like talking about his results in in 2020 without Jack Grealish versus his results with Jack Grealish kind of thing. Um, I think there's there's other things to consider, like the fact that he's got the third lowest win percentage of any Aston Villa manager ever, um, which is again like just baffling to me. Um, and it's just they just you know so you know when we came up, obviously we came up with with Grealish's captain, like Villa boyhood fan, Dean Smith boyhood fan, like there was this feel good factor about the club, right? And then obviously Grealish got taken away, Dean Smith got taken away, and it it's kind of been replaced by a very, you know, autocratic style of kind of talking in terms of, you know, Gerard is no nonsense. He is kind of by his own admission, no excuses, but always then makes excuses. It's very bizarre. Um, and there's the, I don't know, there's just this element of like mardiness, I suppose. That's the worst I'd, I'd kind of associate it with that is kind of dragging everything else down. And then there's this higher expectation because we've got this amazing squad of players, but no way of seeming to get any cohesion with them. Like if we could see the plan, like when he came in, for example, you could easily see what he was trying to do, like a narrow back four followed by a narrow three in front and narrow three at the top. Push push people wide, defend in the box, break on the counter with transition, all of that kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. I can see what's happening. Now it's just the midfield five, six, seven is so flat. Jacob Ramsey, Danny Ings, Luca Dean, all in the same position on average positions week in, week out. And it's just like doesn't seem to be any cohesion or any kind of kind of plan. And like even if we look at preseason, yes, we didn't lose a game in preseason, but we only also scored, I think it was three goals from open play, if you exclude the Warsaw game. And it's you know, when when you start looking at kind of bits like that, it's a bit like it's a bit concerning. And then, then there's obviously there's all that stuff with Tyrone Mings, taking the captaincy off him, off him, giving it John McGinn. Now, like, I like John McGinn as much as the next person, but he's not captain material. Um, he's arguably, by doing that, meant the midfield just has no cohesion because neither of Jacob Ramsey or John McGinn can pass progressively very well. So we just get bodied in midfield every week. Um, I, don't, it, I think... I think if, if it wasn't just, if it didn't feel like it was just the record getting stuck almost, like it's the same mistakes every time we always see them. I don't know, it's just like West Ham, they haven't scored in the league yet at all. And you just, I look at that game being like, yep, that's going to be 3-1 West Ham. And then we've got Arsenal and City coming up and it's just like, where are the points coming from? You know, we could be bottom by the end of September. And then you're looking at like what should have been a very exciting season with a very exciting squad. You know, we've got one of the most expensive, expensive squads outside of the top six. We've got owners who are more than happy to invest. It just feels, yeah, it's really frustrating. That's what it is. It's just frustrating. Like, I just want it to, I don't mind losing. I just, I, I mind losing when it doesn't feel, feel like anything's being corrected. So, yeah, that's, that's what. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to that lack of obvious plan. I think mm. if, if there was a strategy in place for your transfers oh, uh, Christ, yeah. to to clearly play a certain way or if there was progress, you know, in in terms of the stats or even just from watching the game, you can see that you're trying things, but it's just not happening yet. But eventually it could. A bit like in Jurgen Klopp's first season and obviously Pep's first season, 
uh, at City that it didn't always go to plan, but you knew what they were trying to do. And if they got the right people in there, then it would work. And it obviously did. But yeah, with Gerard, it does seem like I don't really know what he wants. I don't know if he knows what he wants. Um, no, I think Beal leaving's really knackered it because obviously Beal was the brains behind Rangers. That's that that's gone now. Um, like he still texts Beal as well, which I find really weird. Like I find that so bizarre. It's like he, it, he's almost making this public admission that he doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and th- there is also that element as well. Like he's very publicly, very openly said, "I don't train the players." Like I have coaches for that, and it's like, so what? What are you then? Are you just the figurehead of the club? Because, and and like you say as well with the transfers, it's really like we when we came up, we we had a clear philosophy. It was bringing like young up and coming talents from rarely scouted markets. Yes, sometimes it worked. Yes, sometimes it wouldn't work. But you know, improve those talents, train what you've got, and and kind of get get the ball rolling. Whereas now, like you know, you're bringing Coutinho in his thirties, Diego Carlos twenty nine, Augustinson like as a backup on loan to Luca Dean. Kamara, yeah, he's 22. We've got him on a free. That's a great bit of business. I'm not sure I say it's not, but like with Carlos being injured now, and I know Gerard couldn't legislate for that, but like that's of the five transfers we've made over the summer window, that's one in our starting 11. And that's the starting 11 that finished 14th and had like in 2022 won less games than Burnley. Like, it's just where are the points coming from? Do you know what I mean? And the, all of these kind of stats that you kind of hear, like, bandied about, like, you know, like I say, like, less wins than Burnley, lower points per per game in the last season than Everton. And it's just all of this, it's a bit like, this could so easily go wrong. And I don't, I don't, I don't want it, because obviously we've invested so much in Gerrard and, like, it would be such a banana skin to slip on. But... You know, when there are coaches out there, and I'm not trying to say like we'd ever be able to get them, but when there's coaches out there like um, Vieira or Potter or whatever doing doing so well at arguably not smaller clubs in terms of like what they're doing because they're obviously better than where we are, but in terms of like their transfer spend over the last couple of years and kind of like facilities and all that kind of stuff, it does make you question like, well, well, why are we where we are? You know what I mean? And I think, yeah, I think it's just we've lost that connection to the manager that we, we had before as well. And I think that's kind of adding an extra bit of like pressure onto it. Like, you know, even though Dean Smith got sacked after five losses on the spin, no one really hated him because you couldn't hate him. Like he looked like a teddy bear of a man, but you've got Gerard who is like openly falling out with players, openly falling out with media, like things over like, Oh, why isn't every Buendia playing? He's like, I picked the team. And it's like, do you have to be so combative? Can you not just give an answer? Like, or like, oh, Phil Coutinho has not been doing really well recently because he's obviously only got like, again, there's another thing like Coutinho, we signed him on a permanent, but he's got one goal in 15 games and that's it. And it's, you know, it's that idea of kind of playing favourites because Buendia has been playing so well or like the, for me anyway, I I mean, I would know I'm in the, not necessarily in the minority, but like, why is Callum Chambers not playing? Like we were talking, you were talking earlier, Nathan, about like, you know, Joe Gomez getting exposed for like, He's got pace, but he gets exposed. Konza was the exact same. Konza got bodied by Wilfred Zaha. Just absolutely destroyed. And Chambers would have dealt with it a lot better because he has got more, he reads the game better. But we play Konza because he's got pace. And then we got we got absolutely destroyed by Wilfred Zaha. And it's like, 
I could literally tell you before the game they're going to take advantage of the fact that our fullbacks play so high, Zaha are running behind and they'll get a load of goals from that and lo and behold it happened. And I'm like, if I know that, how how is no one fixing that? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's a very disillusioning time. Like, I already want the season to be over, I'll be honest. Well, the... Uh... Doesn't sound like it's got to you too much, which is good. Um, and the good news is, you know, Gerald will be Liverpool's problem soon. You know, Klopp out the door, Gerald in. Oh, mate. Premier League title number two coming up. Can we do a swap? Would that good. be all right? We'll Klopp to Villa. Gerard, yeah. yeah, I'm sure Klopp and Mings would get on like a house on fire. <laughs> mate, he'd be the first out. <laughs> Mings, like, Klopp and Mings would never meet. Like, he'd, he'd, he would sell him on, like, on the bus over there. It'd be, it would literally be written into his contract. I never have to So let's step aside. It's now my turn to rant. Nah, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we, we haven't had the best start. And it's the, again, a bit like Villa, it's the same issues again. Um, but I'm not too fussed from a Chelsea point of view because, I mean, first of all, just got to roll with it, you know what I mean? We've got, after everything that happened last season where, you know, there was talk at one point of there not even being a club, it's quite nice to have one that's, you know, invested in good players, uh, not just for the present, but for the future as well. Um, it's just sorting out, well, both ends of the pitch, so not too much to do, really. Um, I think we need a finisher, although there's a lot of pressure on Tuchel this season. I, I love him. I think he's great ambassador for the club um, when he's not, you know, starting fights with uh, other managers and so on. Um, but I do think that his system is going to be increasingly called into question if we keep firing blanks, uh, especially with the talent that we've got up top. And he is driving our transfer policy at the moment. Um, Anthony Gordon comes to mind in that regard. So if they don't deliver and we don't start scoring goals and you know, working our way up the table, then it is a lot of pressure on him. And the defensive fragility is definitely a worry, especially from set pieces. I think we were really good at that. And we haven't really lost too much height. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the players that we lost, but ultimately Christensen is not a defender. Uh, and he's got, you know, his legs are weaker than Sin. And Koulibaly's an upgrade on Rudiger, as far as I'm concerned. I know he got turned inside and out in, at Leeds but it's going to take time to adjust to the Premier League because even though he is experienced he's pretty much only played in one division um, but yeah I think the attack more than the defence is the concern because that's just been I mean it's been over a year and a half now that Tuchel's been at the club and it's still the biggest issue and I think it's just going to be a case of changing system if it keeps happening this way. I mean, I think Aubameyang coming in would be great, personally. I've always rated him. I know he's 33, but he's got insane amounts of Premier League experience. Um, yes, he had a falling out with Arteta and, and left Arsenal, but I think Tuchel knows how to deal with these sort of players. Um, he knows how to deal with big personalities and I think he offers something different. He's that sort of Number nine, that's not a number nine. He can play on the wing, like Havertz, but hopefully Havertz that knows how to find the net. Um, but I think just this 3-4-3 system isn't getting the best out of players like Mason Mount, who I think should be further back dictating play. His cutting edge, it 
isn't there still and I don't know as it ever will be in especially not in the same way as like a Phil Foden um so he needs to dictate play in different ways and we need to get Sterling closer to the goal I think as well uh, and get players like Conor Gallagher if he stays at the club into the game and Ruben Loftus-Cheek as well in ways that they haven't been recently I mean yeah a lot of players don't seem to fit their best positions are not being played in their their best um, places right now and we are letting very talented players go out of the uh, the other end that sounds weird but you know what I mean so yeah there is a lot of pressure on Tuchel um, but I am I am calm about it despite what this um, ramble suggests I just think that with a couple more signings if we do manage to get Fafana over the line or you know the dream is obviously Harry Maguire. I mean, that's just it's just common sense, isn't it? You know, slap on the mill down. Problem solved there. Problem solved. Yeah, Harry Maguire sorts out your defence and attack. He's that sort of guy. Uh, but no, I, I do think with a couple more signings and just a bit more flexibility from Tuchel, a bit like with Steven Gerrard, really, it's it's this thing of seeing things not working but carrying on with it regardless. I think Tuchel needs to be. Just swallow his pride a little bit sometimes and, and accept that things aren't working to change them, which hopefully happens. But it has been, like I say, a year and a half now and that attack still looks pretty blunt. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But I'm holding out all hopes on a 33-year-old Aubameyang. So you, you could say the, se- the season's going to be fine, right, guys? Uh, I, guys. Think, I think Charles I think will be fine. Like, I yeah, think... Um, that's what I like. But, yeah, like ultimately, like in all fairness, I think all three clubs that we're talking about here will be fine. Like, um, I know Chris obviously not happy with Gerard, but I think, I think just give him time. I think he's proven he can do it. And yeah, with Chelsea, I think it's just a case of just getting, get the right people through the door, and uh, find the right system. And yeah, and for Liverpool, I think it's just a case of make the players that we know can do it perform. So, I think I think ultimately. I think every every team we talk about here will definitely finish in the top half, which is I know it's a, it's a bold statement. When two of those bold. teams, when two of those teams are Liverpool and Chelsea. Oh, bet365.com. <laughs> All three teams <laughs> in top half. Um, yeah, we've got to hope, especially because at this at the moment of recording, none of us are in the top half. So uh, yeah, hopefully we turn things around. Um, like. You don't start. Look, you don't look at the table until at least until at least Christmas. That's usually by by that point we've usually fizzled off. So I try not to look at it then either. Um, the good thing is you, you never know where it finished. <laughs> the good thing is fixture wise, uh, yeah, West Ham. I mean, that's probably the best team to come up against apart from Leicester at the moment. And you know that's that's Chelsea's side. Uh, and then Bournemouth for Liverpool. That seems if if there's that's ever a game for you to get some goals in, get the confidence levels up, and hopefully at, keep at home them. as well. Yeah, surely that's the one. So yeah, I'm taking uh, Nathan's lead on this one and, and saying there's cause for optimism. So I'm optimistic uh, for you two. Um, no, I'm aggressively on optimistic. No, I think we'll get nothing. I think they'll be oh, just. This... Damn it, it's still it's still early doors. It's still early doors. Yeah. Three in fourteen, Nathan. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but the thing you got, you think, the thing you got to think about. Oh, sorry, I, I don't go back. He came in sort of halfway through last season. 
it was called, it was sort of dealing with what he had. He brought in Coutinho, and that was pretty much it. And then he signed a lot of players, which are a lot higher of a lot higher quality than Villa are probably used to. So they've all got to take time to settle in. So it, it's going to take time. Disagree. Purely because, like, so Luca Dean got signed in January. He's already he's already had like eight nine months, whatever. Um, obviously Coutinho's been in nine months. Kamara's the only other one in the starting eleven. All the others are bench warmers. Obviously, you've, you've got players that have that are of a higher quality trying to sort of slot into a team that's maybe not as higher quality. We've got we've got players playing out of position regularly. We've got Leon Bailey playing as a striker. It's just weird. I just this is not uh, a positive end that I was aiming for. Why have we done this? You um, can aim for a positive end. I just I think Gerard's getting sacked by the World Cup. I just I do. I think right. if you sat Gerard before the end of the season, you're mental. You're, you're, you're mental sacking the season. I think I think you give him at least at least another, another window. Big. I'm, I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get started on this because I will just cry. Let's, yeah, let's turn it to more positive things, which is obviously fancy uh, Premier League. Oh, positive, positive for me anyway. <laughs> top of the top of the group, so that's nice. Yes. Well done me. Um, but just to prove how crazy I am as a guy, I still use my wild card this week because Chelsea mainly. Uh, Sterling was there taking up 10, 10 and a half mil. Um, Reese James can't seem to go through a game without getting booked or moved to centre-back. So I just shifted it around, um, and I'm very happy with the lineup that I've got now. I've got Raya in net, um, Zinchenko, Emerson Royale, Perisic, Trippier, Salah, Luis Diaz, Erdegaard, Tony Kane, and Jesus, with not a single one of those having a challenging fixture on paper. Um, so that's very exciting. How? What happened to you guys? I mean, I didn't have a great week. I got 60... Four points, uh, but yeah, it was enough to get me to the top. What happened? I'm pretty sure Erdegaard carried Erdegaard me. Carried I, you, I think he's the only one that I had that you guys didn't. But yeah, what else? What else went wrong there, guys? I had 38 points. I, I was the worst out of all of us. Um, I just, I just, well, City, City got City defenders who I was relying on didn't come up trumps. Um. Kulisevsky did nothing, and then Jesus only got four points and a captain him. So I didn't put Trippier in, which was a sad. And Nathan did. So that was that was where when Nathan made up some points up on me. Um, no, that was, the other, that was the only smart thing I did this week. Yeah, just I mean, like I think all of us have got fairly favourable weeks this week. Like you know, I'm looking at mine and it's just pretty much all promoted sides or sides that were struggling last year against like. City, Brentford, um, Arsenal, all of that good stuff. So I've got a front three of Tony, Haaland and Jesus, which I'm happier with. Uh, what's the transfer situation like for you guys? Nathan, are you finally going to actually make a transfer or are you just going to you set yourself a challenge of just keeping that squad for the entire season, see what happens? No, I, uh, I made both my transfers about half past three on Sunday. Like that's how, that's how desperate this weekend was. Um, I've swapped out Lingard and Neto, and I replaced them with, and I stole to get my team up, Rodrigo and Pascal Gross. That's what I've gone for, because they're, they're part because they're playing each other, and I feel like one of them at least has to <laughs> has to do something. And plus, Rodrigo's banging form, like he's top goals in the league. 
accurately. Yeah. Yeah, um, he counts as a midfielder, right? Even though he's yeah, playing exactly. up front, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, like th- exactly. Like th- this week, I-, I left all my points on the bench. Uh, like uh, I didn't put in Perisic because I wasn't confident that he'd start because he hasn't started the last couple of weeks. Uh, George was right on that one, and I also had um, Andreas Pereira from Fulham who got eight points on the bench. Uh, but but it's okay though because I kept I kept in Trent who got zero, Cancelo who got zero, Nico Williams who got one. So that was good on my part. Um, not ideal. Honestly. Honestly, if Salah hadn't have scored um, against United, that that consolation goal, I would have been up shit creek, man. Like, I'd have been nowhere yeah. near. That ca- late captaincy clawed you in it and, uh, yeah, kept you in the race. It's close. It's close uh, across the group, though, to be fair, which is exciting. There's, uh, well, all right, well, Chris is 14 points behind, but that's not much at this stage, you know. It's, it's a long way stretch. to go. My um, dad's beating me at this point, boys, so I'm sad. That's rough. You should, probably, you, should, you should probably report that. This is this is the same. This <laughs> hey, is the same man who accidentally called his team mine because he didn't understand how to name his team. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like the perfect place to end. Um, much more positive <laughs> vibes to end it. And uh, Steven Gerrard is going to win Manager of the Year, so that's oh, great. Good luck, uh, everybody, this weekend. Um, sure, we'll all be here much cheerier this time next week. Well, I'm sure you will. Um, and yes, best of luck in the fantasy football as well. But of course, by best of, I mean average luck. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you, listener, for listening. It's always appreciated. And uh, we will be back soon much happier, much more positive and uh, with much more clarity of thought after <laughs> a game week where we don't try and block everything out. <laughs> Catch you on the next one and goodbye. <laughs>